Welcome to the NBA show brought to you by 265 Media. I am Daniel Artest, and today we are talking some basketball, man. Got a great group of guys with me. Everybody on the 265 Media Podcast Network is here pretty much, man. What's up, going? What's up, guys? What's going on with y'all, man? Chilling, chilling. Different, man. Good y'all good. Yes, we sir. good over here. We good. It's good to be home. Yes, sir. Welcome Sergio, back, good to right? be back. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. I know we took some time off. All good. Yeah, we, we we took some time off from um, you know focusing on the NCAA tournament, men's and women's and stuff. And um, you know now now we back, man. You know now we back talking about the NBA and stuff like that. But we got to start it off on a, on a sad note. Uh, yesterday we received some bad news regarding uh, Kentucky basketball player um, Terrence Clark. Uh, 19 years old, passed away in a car accident in Los Angeles after working out. He recently just signed with Clutch Sports 2 uh, Wednesday. And, um, you know, Zach, man, it's just so sad to see this to see this uh, accident happen, you know, to, to the young basketball player. Yeah, it was it was really, really troubling news, really sad. Condolences and prayers out to his family, his friends. Uh, may he rest in peace. May his transition be peaceful. Um, Young, young guy, another black male uh, snatched from us too soon. Um, but um, yeah, man, totally was unexpected. It's been such a long week with so much different types of news, highs and lows. But yeah, definitely uh, rest in peace to that young man. And again, prayers and blessings to his family. Yeah, man, it was an was um, un- unfortunate situation, man. And, um, you know, it prays up to, you know, BJ Boston, too, as well, who was involved in that situation and had to see his friend, you know what I mean, pass away, you know, basically right in front of his eyes and stuff. So, you know, it's just it's just sad, man, to, to, to be in that situation. So young, he was about to be at least a late first round or second round pick. You know, his, his future was, was, was about to be set. You know, pretty good player, um, big in the Boston community on and especially off the court in Boston and stuff. And, um, you know, that, that city is, is hurting right now. You've seen um, a lot of the Boston Celtics players pouring out, the whole NBA community pouring out too as well. So like, like what you think, you know what I mean? How, how should they honor him, you know, during the NBA draft? You think they should do like what um, Adam, Adam Silver did to um, Isaiah Austin when he's like the NBA draft is him? Yeah, I definitely think they should honor him some way with an honorary pick, whether that be in the middle of the draft or, or to cap off the first round. Uh, it was sad because all of those guys will get to see their dreams literally uh, become true. And then he won't get to see that. So I think the best way we can honor him is give him an honorary pick, uh, give him a, and let the guys maybe wear a patch or something, but uh, we got to find some way to honor the life and legacy of uh, Terrence Clark. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, K-Dot man, like you've seen like, how the players was pouring out K-Dot. You know, um, like Donovan Mitchell, he was actually like doing a video with, with Slam. He's talking to Donovan Mitchell on the phone and everything. Like it's just, it's just so crazy. Like how many, you know, how many people he knew in the league, man, and like, you know the outpouring of, of support for for his family. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, especially in the Boston community uh, with the Boston Celtics, I, I did see that Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, and Kemba Walker. You know, they had a lot of good things to say about the young man. And again, it's just unfortunate that it happened um, the way that it did. So um, definitely, we want to um, have all the prayers, all of the uh, condolences to his family. And I know uh, the NBA community, as well as, you know, the Kentucky community um, and the Brewster Academy community, um, they, they lost a really, uh, a really good person and a really good player. So um, I, a lot of, um, 
response, a lot of reactions towards it um, that occurred. And, you know, we just have to, you know, uh, pray for the family and, and send our deepest uh, sympathies and condolences. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree, man. So, yeah, I want to just say rest in peace to young fella uh, Terrence Clark, uh, gone at the age of 19 years old, man. So sad. But moving on, moving on, we're going to get right into it. We got to start off with Steph Curry, man, and how he has been just dominating in April. And I'm going to just run it down. You know, he's now leading the league and scoring at 31 points a game. You know, he's averaging also uh, five and a half rebounds, six assists per game, too. And uh, during this April span, he, he's averaging 38 points, 52% shooting from the field, 47 from three. Um, he, like, <laughs> it's just it's just crazy, Zach, like, from what Curry has been doing. Like, like this span, I think he hit more three-pointers than Chris Paul um, hit for the season so far. You know what I mean? Uh, like, he just setting records, you know, as being, like, age 33 or older, uh, the most 30-point um, game streak, you know, since Will Chamberlain. He has the um, he's the oldest player with back to back 45 or more points in the game and stuff, you know. Um, but I got a question, though, like does like Steph Curry has a chance to win MVP despite his team record. And I say that because now I know that there's never been an MVP playing for a team that finished seventh or lower in the in, the, in their conference. But I also know that only two MVPs in NBA history has played for teams with record below 500. That's Bob Pettit in 55-56, playing for the St. Louis Hawks, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 75-76, you know, playing with the Lakers. And I also know that the odds, realistically, the odds is probably not in Steph Curry's favor, but I got to point this out. I think that he has a chance because in 2017, when Westbrook won MVP, they were only 11 games over 500, and it was a 60. So hypothetically, if Golden State runs the table, you know, 12 um, with 12 games left and Steph still plays the way he the way he has been playing over this in this month. And, you know, Golden State will be 12 games over 500. And outside of, you know, Steph, Draymond, Wiggins and, and Wiseman and Oubre as well. You know, this roster is, is basically former or recent, you know, G League players. So, like I said, I'm going to ask the question. What are Steph, Steph Curry's MVP odds and has Steph played himself in the MVP of uh, conversation i mean he's definitely played himself into the conversation for me more importantly not saying he needed to do this but i think he did he kind of vindicated how people view him as somebody that couldn't get it done in the finals or he needs his team or he has to be carried and again i think he shows how amazing he is at his size at six three in a big man's league it's a nba is a big man's league i don't think people understand that so the expectations they always put on him because he was in that comparison of LeBron James, Kevin Durant, some of the other top players in the league, they would kind of hold him to the same standard. Now, understanding is not the same when you're a small guy and then the whole defense is being geared to stop you. So I just think he's showing everybody how elite of a player he is. I said it in a tweet how him and Isaiah Thomas from the Pistons are the two small, greatest small guys we've ever seen playing this league, win championships. But I will offer this. I don't think anybody's overtaking Jokic, in my opinion. I mean, Embiid got hurt, and he was probably the favorite up to that point. But again, I rely on, on, the, on the advanced stats, like the ones that really matter that's been proven. If we look at win shares per 48, Jokic is at 30%. Steph is not even in the top five. If we go to box plus minus, Steph is third at 8.2. Jokic is 11.7. So that means when Jokic is on the floor, he's responsible 
for 11 points per game of over 100 possessions over the league average. He's 11 points higher than the league average. That's what plus minus is. If you look at offensive box plus minus, Jokic is still 9.3. Steph is second at 8.1. And if you look at value over replacement, which kind of adds them all up, Jokic has him by three whole points. Jokic is 7.1 and Steph is 4.5. So to me, I look at the NBA as a, a regular season award MVP. Yeah. Jokic has put together a ba- better body of work all the way through. Mm. But he definitely has a shot because the NBA voting with these media people, they've shown us recently that they value narratives over actual production a lot of the time. And Alfred's caveat, Bob Pettit, the players were still voting in. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the players were still voting in. So all that kind of has a, a different, a lot of different factors to it. So, but yeah, he definitely put his hat in the ring. But to me, it's still, it's still, I still have to go with Jokic. His season has been too incredible from start to finish. Mm. Go ahead, Wayne. Hey, Zach said it really, really, really well. Uh, he's played himself into the conversation, but Jokic is full body of work, um, high understandings. Also, with, with Steph, I mean, it's Steph is Steph. He's playing a good stretch of basketball right now. And if he does run the table, he makes his case a little bit better. But at the end of the day, Jokic has uh, the Nuggets doing well. They lost Aaron Gordon and didn't lose a step. Um, credit to Jokic and those guys in Denver. Um, so, yeah, again, Zach put the the analysis with it. And, and now we're just backing up. And as, you know, as us as media, I know we see what we see. So. Uh, Steph, again, hell of a player, but right now I, I lean towards Jokic. Mm. All right, Kada, what's your thoughts on Steph Curry's uh, chances? Um, yeah, well, um, realistically, his chances are slim to none, to be honest with you, um, but you can't ignore the idea of him um, performing the way he's been performing, um, especially um, in, in the past, you know, couple weeks that he's um, that he's been giving us um, these performances. Um, so, you know, there's there's no question that, of course, he should have some consideration. And, um, of course, with what Zach um, and Wayne has alluded to, as far as the media is concerned, there will be some votes there um, because they will uh, look at um, kind of like the body of work that he's done, um, as opposed to looking at the overall body of work and uh, advanced stats uh, from a perspective of, of really figuring out who the uh, MVP is, which right now I do think. Jokic um, takes the cake. I did see a map earlier today, um, and the majority of the United States has Curry as the MVP, and we, of course we know why. Um, and this map was based off of um, metrics um, from fans. Um, so uh, for the most part, the Midwest um, had Curry um, only in Denver, um, and I believe Utah, um, those maps um, covered Jokic. Um, you had Milwaukee uh, with Giannis, and then you had uh, the tri-state area with Embiid. Um, and then, of course, the uh, West Coast with California um, having Steph Curry. So you already know what the metrics look like um, if you're um, asking a fan. So um, I think uh, at this point, um, Curry does um, need to have some consideration, but his chances of winning, uh, I believe, personally, is slim tonight. Uh, interesting point, Kate. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, Will, what's your thoughts, brother? Like everybody else said, man, he's in the conversation. But uh, I'm going to just be real, man. You know, he has no chance. I mean, we, we've seen um, seasons from a statistical standpoint 
that are equally, if not more impressive, like uh, from James Harden a few times where, you know, he ends up not winning the award. Um, so I think, you know, Steph's just in a situation where uh, Jokic is just balling, man, um, you know, and it's kind of nothing anybody can do to take the award from him at this point. You know, um, he's the engine and the team doesn't lose a step or seemingly lose a step no matter what's um, going on, um, you know, or who's who's out with injury. Um, but got to give credit to, to the chef, man. Um, you know, the month he's been having, uh, you know, averaging like 40-ish, you know, um, and carrying that team is just amazing to see, man, because I know a lot of people wrote him off when he was hurt last season and the, the narratives surrounding him and, and his championships. But uh, it's always great, man, to see one of, one of the all-timers um, really turn it up a notch. All right, cool. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. Mills, what up, brother? Talk to us. I mean, I agree with what everyone said so far. You know what I'm saying? But it's uh, Steph is most definitely in the conversation. But like you said, does he have a great chance of winning? No, he doesn't. But he's also he is in a conversation. Like to me, right now, with him be going down with the injury that he had, it's uh, Jokic is to win honestly you know he's 10th in scoring ninth in rebound fifth in assists 15th in steals you know what i'm saying he's he's he, the four to five major categories that you need <laughs> he's in he, he's in uh four of them you know what i'm saying so it's basically right now jokers to uh jokers mvp right now you know what i'm saying even with murray going down he's still keeping uh the nuggets in that top four race you know what I'm saying in the West, so it's uh it's all it's all on Joker right now. But Steph is in, in the conversation. But I, me personally, I don't believe he will. Go ahead, JC. I mean, I hate to <laughs> to jump on the bandwagon, but yeah, now nah, he not he not gonna he not gonna get it. I mean, you know, the best term we could say is he's in the conversation. But I honestly think what Steph did more than put himself in the MVP conversation is he just, Zach alluded to it. He pretty much, you know, it's, he let the world know like, yo, I'm still Steph. Like I'm still that dude. Um, and he said, he, Zach said he didn't think he needed to do it. I think needed is relative. Um, but I think he kind of sort of needed to do it. Um, not, not, it wouldn't have hurt. It, wouldn't, it doesn't hurt his legacy or anything like that, but, I think because of the the things that were going around as far as, you know, him being able to carry a team and things like that, you know, and, you know, as long as he has a team, he can't be that guy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he's kind of showing it now um, as far as the MVP race. Um, he's, he, if he was doing this all season, it would be no question. it will be no question, but you know, he's been playing well, but not like this. So I think he's not, it's not going to happen. I think uh, Joker and Giannis are just head and shoulders above everybody else as far as the MVP race goes. So Joker is, is just that dude, you know? So he's, he's like everybody, everybody said it, man, you know, not to repeat it, but, you know, he's, he's the engine and all of that, you know? So you got a guy that loses a, a, a number one guy and, and the team doesn't lose a step, you got it. You can't you can't take your eyes off him. And then, you know, look at a guy like Steph, who is 
that dude. But he's just now like, I, you know, I'm Steph. And, you know, Joker's like, I've been doing this the whole season. What are you talking about? You know, so so I think that's that's it's Joker's, like Mill said, it's Joker's MVP to lose at this point. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I just wanted to, you know, throw the count, throw the question out there for, for the group and stuff. Uh, like, Jokic, he's been better even with, like, Jamal Murray out. I think uh, with Jamal Murray being out there 4-0, he actually upped all his numbers. He's at, like, 30 points a game, 13 rebounds, about eight assists. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's he's just been elite, you know? And and I can definitely say it's his MVP to lose. Uh, I think my top three are all the bigs anyway. Jokic at one, um, Giannis at two, and Embiid at three, you know? And so... You know, I mean, because Giannis been having a low, a low key great season. I think he's been better than last year. But like Zach said earlier, the narratives, man, and voter fatigue, which I really hate. That I had a conversation on locker room the other day, and they were talking about like you know voter fatigue, this voter fatigue. I'm like, listen, if a player is playing that well where he can win MVP every year, every year, then it shouldn't be no voters fatigue, man. Like you know, we, we love the game. We live, we love the game. So. You know, we don't really care about the narrative and the nonsense that that goes around it and all the stories and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, no, if we try to, if we want to be, you know, if we want to be honest, like we can, we can even say like, say sometimes I'd be like, oh, now nah, Giannis is having a better season than, than than Jokic. You know what I'm saying? We just being really, and we just keeping it a hundred. You know, sometimes you can mm-hmm. say that, but Giannis, we're not really hearing nothing about Giannis like that this year, like the storyline or whatever it is. You know what I mean? But it is, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next one, man. We got to talk about Paul George too, as well. Now, y'all know, like we, well, social media, you know, they be they be hard on on PG, man. But yo, Paul, he, he has been real good, man, over these these last uh, seven games. You know what I mean? Uh, averaging like 33, seven and six on 54, 47, 90 shooting splits, as well. Like I said, he's he's been really good this season. In fact, in my opinion, I think that he's been the best player on this Clippers team. And you know, we still we know about the performance in the playoffs last year. We know about the slander that followed him um, after that. Still following him this season as well, you know. But when Kawhi Leonard's out with his foot injury, you know, Paul George been stepping up, reminding everybody like, "Yo, still one of those dudes up in his production. He's averaging about twenty, almost twenty nine a game um, since uh, Leonard um, in the games that Leonard missed this season. He scored thirty in five of the last six of the games and stuff." You know, um, even the usage rate rate is up. Like right now, if Kawhi wasn't, while Ka- Kawhi is out, Paul George usage is like thirty seven percent, which is number one in the league and stuff. You know what I mean? Um, but it's all moot points if he can't deliver this season, Zach. You know what I mean? So the question is, man, this is the question for the for, for the group: Will Paul George finally answer the bell and face his postseason <laughs> demons, yo? That's the question right there, man. Because listen, it's always the same. It's always the same thing with PG, right? Hey, he's having a great season. He's doing this. He's doing that. But he he been he been he been really good this season. He been focused and stuff. I'm taking all, all that stuff. I'm just knocking all that stuff to the side. Whatever happened last year happened. You know, Zach as former basketball players. You know, we got amnesia to it all. You know what I'm saying? So like whatever. But I, oh, really? I kind of it's different this year, bro. You know what I'm saying? I feel real like it's quick, different this year. I feel Go like ahead. I went too long last time. Real quick, I just yeah. gonna offer this. You know, I'm the perspective guy. Since he left Indiana, I, I think except for the first playoff, you can give him the, the, the issue when they lost to Donovan Mitchell his rookie year. But after that, shoulder surgeries, knee injuries. I mean, he hasn't been healthy the last few seasons if we just keep it a buck. But the problem is a lot of these guys don't have that uh, 
that self-awareness because the way he chirps at people in the media, like the whole Dame, Damian Lillard thing, the different comments, you know, he probably views himself a little bit higher than where he is probably in the league, certain things like that. He got his own sneaker. So I think people ridicule him in a way where if you take a step back, not even being excuses, like the man was hurt. Like he had double shoulder surgery mm-hmm. and the Clippers had chemistry issues all season. And then the mental health piece with him in the bubble. But again, when you're going at it with Damian Lillard and family and all that kind of stuff, it kind of takes away from that. And then people are expecting you to deliver. So to answer the question, I think he's going to deliver. They got what they needed in Rondo, which was another playmaker. So him and Kawhi don't have to worry about setting the table. You get Ibaka back. Hopefully he's healthy. So I'm just glad to see that he's healthy again. Because besides the Donovan Mitchell series, when he's healthy, Paul George has been that dude on both ends of the court that can deliver. Mm. Go ahead, um, JC. Go ahead. Um, all right. So <laughs> I've been hella critical on Paul George, right? Between my friends, I've probably been mentioned it on some of our shows. I've been hella critical, mm-hmm. but. If you look up the numbers, now I'm not talking about delivering. I'm just talking about just the numbers. His playoff numbers actually creep up a little bit from his, um, not counting last year, not counting last year. Um, They creep up a little bit from his regular season numbers. So that playoff P, I I almost can't say it. It's kind of sort of true. That's what I'm saying, JC. That's what I'm saying. It's more of a narrative. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Just, 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 if you just look at the numbers, as far as delivery goes, he's definitely pulling a Carl Malone and not delivering as the mailman. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do that. But do I think it's going to change this year? (sighs) No, I don't think it is. I think it's going to be the same the same thing. Uh, but Why? I got to give the man. No, you can't just throw that out there. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Because I think Paul George here is not that. I think he's he's trying to change it up now. He's trying to change the narrative now. And he's so far, he's doing a good job, but it ain't the playoffs yet. So I have to go with what's happening. And history says... You know, he's he's folding like a paper airplane. So we're going to see. <laughs> Y'all crazy, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, um, <laughs> go ahead, uh, Lane Mills. <laughs> oh, man. Y'all, y'all dog with my guy. Y'all, y'all dog with my guy. So, so, <laughs> so, key to what Zach said earlier, uh, last year, you know what I'm saying? He didn't get a chance to do summer shoot arounds, sh- go with his shooting coach because he was recovering from the shoulder injury. Um, same thing we used to talk about. Mills, uh, not to cut you off, but you got to say it right. He had double shoulder surgery, both shoulders, not just exactly. one, but both. No, no, no. That, that's, that's 100% fact. So he didn't get a chance to do his off-season regiment to get him ready for the season, even though it was a stop-and-go season. Yeah. Um, the Clippers situation, they didn't, they wasn't at full strength until they played against Denver in the second round. So the chemistry was off there. But to what JC said, you know what I'm saying? His numbers are there. The reason why he gets so much criticism is 
when it's time to show up, like he'll start off the series good, you know, give you 28, give you a 30 piece, give you a 27 piece. And then when it gets critical, he disappears. You see what I'm saying? And that's the reason why he gets criticized so much because he does the talking, but when it's time to, when it's time to come through as a double P, I ain't gonna call him by his name. I'm gonna call him double P. Uh, when it's time for him to come through, you know what I'm saying? It seemed like he's not showing up. Now this Clipper team is very, very uh, better now because now they have a point guard that can really one set him up where he needs to be at on the floor. And two, they have a real good vet in uh, Batum that's going to help them out a lot, too, out there on the floor. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be a great situation. Will he be able to overcome this one this time? I mean, I'm going to give my guy – I'm going to give my guy yes on that. You know what I'm saying? In the last seven games, you know, right now, like you said earlier, D.A., you know what I'm saying? He's 32.9 points a game, six rebounds, five assists. Shooting 89% from free throws, shooting 47.5 from three point, shooting 54%. You know what I'm saying? He's a he, he's basically in the last seven games, he's been showing, yo, I'm back. You know what I'm saying? I got a chance to work out with my shooting coach in the offseason. I was able to get my field back before the season started, even though it was a short offseason. So we might see him, man, because he has the pieces around him now. You know what I'm saying? That the the burden is not all on his and um, Kawhi's shoulder right now. That's a fact. That's a fact. Go ahead, Will. I actually agree with Mills. I do think um, we're going to see something different from PG, man. I just think that, uh, you know, outside of the numbers, because we see he's having a really good season, I think, uh, you know, over the course of the year, he's at like 43% from three. That's like big time numbers right there, um, you know, along with uh, things that like around 24 a game. Um, and he's actually upped his assist numbers to about six a game. Um, you know, he he's like you said, um, D.A., you know, he's he's having the ball more with Kawhi missing time um, before they got Rondo. And, and he's been able to show, uh, I would say, more as far as like creating for his teammates while also, you know, showing the shot creation that we've seen from him. Um, but I just think it's, it's a mentality thing. I think he's more um, locked in because, I mean, the, the slander after last season, man, was, was legendary. And I could only imagine, you know, where it would go um, if, you know, they were to to hypothetically blow another lead, man. You know, that, that he might as well retire immediately. You know what I'm saying? But um, I, I think he's motivated. And I think that, that Rondo, um, you know, is a huge key. Because if you look at Paul George's career, the only other time he played with someone that's great at setting the table, he was uh, third in the MVP uh, voting, you know. So um, that's just something that PG, as good as he is, is getting his own shot. He's a great spot-up shooter and a great finisher. And, um, you know, somebody with an IQ like Rondo, man, that's only going to propel him to the next level. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um. I think to, to, to end the Paul George thing, I think that I'm going to say, I'm going to agree with Mills and Will and say, yeah, I think that he's going to finally answer the bell, man. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not going to say he's going to, he's not going to fail this, this time around. Cause I, I know that as a player, man, you got to have some type of pride. 
you know, and you got to be tired of this this narrative about you saying that basically you're not a postseason player. You know what I'm saying? You know, so I I, I think that PG PG is gonna be fine. You know, um, like Zach said, got the point guard, so he don't have to set the table no more. You know, it's just about you know see how Kawhi come back from this foot injury and um, made the chips fall where it's supposed to fall. Man, I'm just trying to see that LA, 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 big city of dreams. Um, you know, conference, conference, semifinals or finals, wherever the Lakers end up at. You know, but moving on. Hey, listen, I didn't let K Dot talk about Paul George because this is for K Dot right here. We got to show the New York Knicks. Some love, you know what I'm saying? Oh some, boy. Some appreciation. You know what I mean? You know, I'm I'm a big Nick slander guy. You know what I mean? But you know, gotta gotta show him love when, when, when it's love. You know, none of us saw this coming from the Knicks. They're on an eight-game uh, eight-game winning streak. This is the longest winning streak since I think um 2014. They are in fourth place in the East, you know, and I have to give them mad credit for real because, like, like I said, I haven't been fond of the Knicks for like 20 years. We know the drama that been happening, that been happening over there in Manhattan. But they really been impressive though, man. From from the top, bringing in guys like Leon Rose, Worldwide West, um, Tom Thibodeau, and also the biggest, the biggest pickup of that Knicks front office, um, the biggest pickup they can make was bringing in Kenny Payne, man, which is partly the biggest reason for Zach, um, I'm not Zach, Zach Randolph, um, for Julius Randle. Um, you know, development <laughs> as a as a player, man. You know, um, can't forget about RJ Barrett too. You know, he's making so much so much improvement in his game as well. You know, already twenty years old and a legit number two on a playoff team now. Okay, and I think that personally, I think that he could be a high level two way player. Man, he competes on D. His offense has improved, mainly his jumper over these past few months. He's shooting forty five percent from three. I think it was since like late January. You know, he's also showing now that he's ready to play fourth quarter minutes. Remember, he was sitting out in the fourth quarter. But in April, he played 74th quarter minutes and he shoot, he scored 56 points, okay, on shooting 63% from the field, 64% from the three in the fourth quarters in April. You know, and also let's talk about the bench players. Nerlens Noel, ever since, um, well, not the bench players, but the role players. Because, you know, Nerlens Noel, ever since he's been starting – since um, Mitchell Robinson went out with the injury, he's averaging six points, seven rebounds, two blocks, one steal, but he's playing less than 30 minutes a game. You know, Alec Burke, you know, regular role-playing guy, you know, just providing his playmaking and scoring off the bench, Reggie Bullock with his three and three, um, three and D stuff. Listen, Derrick Rose, when he's playing, the Knicks are 17 and seven when he's playing. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly, you know, when, when we first started, when, when we first started seeing him play in the league, he was a gunner, but he's showing that he could do much more than just shoot. You know what I'm saying? So there's a fight right now in the middle of the Eastern Conference. Yes, the Knicks is fourth, but they have a half game lead over the Atlanta Hawks and Boston for that fourth seed. So it's going to be a dog fight from here on out as only the top six seeds get an outright position to go to the playoffs. You know, seeds seven through 10, they got to go through that playing game. So my question is this. Because will the Knicks hold that hold that fort down to keep one of those six spots, man? That's the question I want to ask. You know what I'm saying? There's there's a, there's a little bit of games left, but we also know the Knicks can also you know falter you know down the stretch too as well. And another question too: What's Tibbs' coach of the year? Um, you know what I mean? What's his his consideration for coach of the year? Because this is a job that he's been doing, Zach. I mean, K dot K dot. This is yours. 
<laughs> hey, yo, where's a voice box where you need it? Where's a voice box where you need it? Because I feel like this is a perfect opportunity for that uh, Kodak Black. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that was so, good, man. So for me, as a as a as a diehard, right? I'm putting my I'm putting my fan hat on. Okay. I'm putting my fan hat on. Shout out to the New York Knicks <laughs> for doing what they're doing. And yes, Tom Thibodeau should be considered for coach of the year. Let's face it. Hold on, K-Dot, you can yell, K Dot. Yes, I, mean, I can yell. I've never heard you this way right? before, right? yo. I, I, I didn't know that. I've never heard this out of K-Dot before. <laughs> I have Dude. great passion for these New York Knicks because they're playing by committee. By committee. And Tom mm-hmm. Thibodeau is doing a great job. And he's kind of, you know, put his little put his little heart on his little sleeve and kind of like simmer down on being so crazy about starting five or playing six, or playing only seven. He's mm-hmm. actually playing more guys. And shout out to the organization, um, especially Kenny Payne. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I call him I call him the Wildcat and the Duke um, because of the whole um, idea of Nerlens being there, Julius Randle being there, Emmanuel Quickly being there, Kevin Knox being there. I mean, these are all Wildcats. And then you got R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett has improved himself a lot. Um, we, we talked about R.J. Barrett a little bit in his rookie year and his second year. We were like, we don't see enough wiggle out of him. And even though we still haven't seen that wiggle, he's definitely improved as a player, and I'm very happy to see that. And I just want to give credit to where credit is due. The New York Knicks are doing what they need to do. Now, as far as it being a race between four and seven, that's going to be um, tough. It's going to be really tough. But when you have a winning streak the way they have, that's where you build confidence. And with this type of team, you know, that confidence can be through the roof. That bench is always enthusiastic. I always like seeing what um, what I see from the bench. And you know who my X factor is? Reggie Bullock. He's doing it on both ends of the floor, shooting threes, playing defense, not afraid to go against the best player every night. Um, I, I can remember uh, now I'm blanking on the team that they played Um uh, they were down three, and uh, Reggie was able to hit the three in the corner and able to get a stop at the end of force um, the overtime, and they were able to win in overtime. Um, they played the other day. I think it was Sunday. Matter of fact, it was against the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Um, and New Orleans, I-, I thought they had the game in the bag. And with uh, it was a play where Lonzo, he, he slept um, on the help side. He actually decided to help D. Rose going for an easy layup. D. Rose ended up finding uh, – Reggie Bullock for the for the game tying three and forcing overtime. So it's things like that um, that the Knicks are doing that's actually making them better and making them good. They're actually competing in the fourth quarter. Their defensive rating, their top five in defensive rating, like you can't ignore that. They're they're bringing in boxes um, to where you can't even you can't even score in the paint really. So even with Mitchell Robinson being out um, and they're forcing teams to make uncomfortable plays. And that's what I like about the Knicks right now. And I'm just very excited to see this. I tweeted the other day. um, I can't believe my favorite team and the Knicks are winning or in the same sentence. I can't believe it. So 
I hope I that we can yelling. continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't believe it. I just, I just can't believe it. I just can't believe it. I just can't believe it. You know what I'm saying? So I think I've been gone for too long. I ain't heard it out like this ever, bro. Ever. Listen, it's the New York, it's the New York Knicks, man. It's the New York Knicks. You know, we we've been getting we've been getting it for for God knows how long. I got I gotta I gotta get my flowers and I gotta do I gotta do what I gotta do. You know what I'm saying? So big ups to the New York Knicks, and I hope they can continue this. Man, I can't believe this, bro. Ain't nobody heard kid I yell besides his kids before. This is history. Oh, his kids. I think he's more passionate about the Knicks than his damn kids. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, let, me, hey, let, let me back up uh, KDOT's point. You know, yesterday I was on locker room talking with the young kids, and we were saying the, the Knicks are a legit, are a legitimate team. Uh, they have dogs. Uh, they follow, It's the mecca of basketball. So anytime that we can talk about the Knicks in this type of capacity, it's huge. We also spoke to uh, Julius's mom yesterday, and she was crediting uh, Meta as someone that, you know, helped him how to get that that dog and, you know, just that that tough nosed gritty ball that New York has embodied. So, um, yo, I was you there to take them serious. Yo, nah, yo, I was there. Yo, listen, I was training Ron and Julius at the same time. Yo, yeah. When he got there, I mean, says Julius' second year, man. They got to give me some respect, put some respect on my name as a trainer, man. I was, <laughs> when he was doing the post work and stuff. Like I was the post dummy, and I, and he wasn't, he wasn't make, he couldn't, like you know, when I put that forearm on him, he couldn't move me, man. You know what I'm saying? So they're gonna have to start showing me some love, yo. As, as a I gotta guy. go back on there and tell him <laughs> show you some love. It is what so it I, is. It, it was just cool to hear young kids talking yeah, about yeah, the Knicks yeah, because. Yeah. I can remember Patrick Ewing, you know, Starks, and I mean, I can go on and on. It's the Mecca, like I said, but to have young kids asking us about Knicks basketball was huge. So mm -hmm. I'm happy for, if, if KDOT's happy, I'm happy. Anytime we can talk about <laughs> the Knicks in any type of capacity, I'm with it. So if you got the young kids talking about y'all, KDOT, you know you arrived. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. And as far as the as far as the New York, the, 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 the New York is a Mecca basketball, that's strictly a street ball term, is not a professional basketball type of term thing. If anything, the West Coast has it all right now as far as like being the Mecca of basketball and stuff. The Mecca is a street is a street ball term. I just wanted to, you know, clarify that for the for the listeners so me, and stuff like that. Go nah, that's that new that's that New York stuff, man. You know yeah, exactly. See Zach, exactly, Zach. You know, you know what I'm talking that, about. I put that Chicago hat on every time. Every yeah, that's a C. See who exactly. came up with New York as the Mecca. That's that New York we invented everything, <laughs> everything conversations. Let y'all tell it. Y'all invented how we breathe air. Like y'all invented oxygen. Let New Yorkers tell oh it. Oh my lord! It ain't that bad, man. Y'all, that's how y'all are. Y'all invented. I mean, I can't argue with hip hop. Y'all, y'all get that? Can't argue with that. But it's like y'all act like y'all invented just life, like life. <laughs> I don't feel like that. I don't feel like that. I just know the street ball thing. I just know. I just know the street ball thing, and and that's that's where that's where it comes from and stuff. And I guess also you know playing in the garden, I guess as well. But you know, I I don't know. I think that New York basketball overrated. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. I think hey, New York basketball hey, is overrated hey, right now. You know what I'm hey, saying? Dude, let me let me say this real quick. Though. Go ahead, do your thing. No, I just sorry. <laughs> this is the situation. K dot, don't kill me after this. Okay. Yo. So this is <laughs> This is the situation. Um, that four to seven spot is pretty much separated by a game and a half, right? <clears throat> Between that four and seven spot, the Knicks has the the Knicks have the toughest schedule. The four to seven is the Knicks, the Hawks, the Celtics, and the Miami Heat. 
the Knicks is number six as toughest schedule on games left to be played. They have games against Phoenix twice, Clippers, Denver, Lakers, and Boston. They're, and then their other uh, quote-unquote easiest opponents is what they're calling it, is the Rockets, the Bulls, uh, Charlotte, and Toronto. And they have 12 games left in the, in the season. And their number six is the toughest schedule with having after that, you have the Hawks at 18, you have Miami at 19, and you have Boston at 26. So this is going to be the time where these Knicks, the way they're playing, they're going to have to show it. now. You know what I'm saying? To keep that, that top four part of the uh, playoffs there. And this is, uh, like I said, they got the toughest schedule coming out down the stretch. So we're going to see if they're able to live up and Thibodeau, like everything Thibodeau's doing over there right now seems right, but we're going to see if they're able to hold that uh, that candle to stay in that top four for the uh, playoffs right now. Yeah, No, man. you're um, absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I just got to be I, happy I, for him, though. I, yo, K-Dot, I'm happy for you, brother. All right? In all of this, I'm happy for you. If, uh, man, I, I don't want to be the... That I, I'm glad Mills went first. Thank you, Mills. Um, Tibbs, I think, is going to be their blessing and their curse because of how he uses his guys. He's using more guys, but his top two guys are in, like, the top five minutes played uh, in the NBA, all, the whole NBA. So that's going to play a part. He has a reputation of burning his guys out. And right now, Julius Randle, who's their main guy, is the number one guy in minutes played in, in, in the league. And the way he plays, I hope I want his body to hold up. Now, I think at this point, with Nick fans, it's like the Nick fans winning right now is like when the equipment manager comes on the court in the high school and scores a basket. Everybody's cheering. So we go see how this works out. You know, I'm happy for all of the Knicks fans because it's good to see something. Um, but I think, I honestly think as great as Thibodeau, a job as Thibodeau is doing, I think we're going to see if his style of coaching can, his the his players' bodies can hold up, his main guys can hold up to his his style of, of coaching because, you know, history says that, you know, they don't. You know, look at his main guys that he had in the past. They all, like, they didn't have just like injury prone. They bodies broke down. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. And this is another thing too, JC. And KDOT, you might like this one. Y'all only got 49.5 million on the cap right now. So y'all gonna go into the summer with one of the biggest salary caps to make moves in this offseason. One, y'all can y'all, y'all, y'all be able to throw the the whole Madison Square Garden at Kawhi if that if, if the Clippers don't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. and, the, and and as happy as Zion was <laughs> in the post-conference, y'all going to be able to make a run at him too. Not this summer, but, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Y'all going to be able to make a run at him also. So we just hope that Dolan doesn't mess it up for y'all over there because this cap space is there to bring at least two potent superstars there to help with the roster that you already have there. So that's the good part of it. Right, right. Right, and that's that's all the more reason not to necessarily burn out Julius Randle right now. Use him, get into the playoffs, make your run, but there's no reason to burn him out because you got that much on the cap. 
And who knows what's going to happen with guys getting injured or guys getting, you know, re-signed and things like that. So, you know, there's no reason to burn out RJ and, and Julius. It's no reason. Just not that, not that Tibbs is doing a bad job because he's winning, but you want to hold, you want your guys to hold up. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't, it's, it's different to have a freak injury. Like, um, what's his name? Clay. Um, but it's, it's another thing when guys' bodies are just breaking down because of the mileage. That's different. And Julius Randle plays a hard game. So, he, you know, his game is not like, like a KD that's kind of – it's not necessarily contact. Julius plays a rough game. Yeah. So his body, that many minutes on a rough game is, is – is, 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 it's playing with fire. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And we're gonna we're gonna get to Julius. We're gonna get to Julius, but I wanna um talk about one thing with Zach real quick. Um we gotta talk about LeBron James, right? Um you know, he's accused of you know inciting violence because of that t- uh, that tweet that he left out. I mean that he he tweeted and deleted regarding to the uh the situation that happened with uh 15 the 16 year old Micaiah Bryant. And, um, you know, LeBron said some stuff. He posted a uh, tweet of the picture of the police and saying, like, you know, you're next as, you know, regarding to the um, cop meeting the justice, uh, meeting his justice, like um, what, you know, Derek Chauvin did in the George Floyd murder situation. And, um, like, he's getting a lot of backlash from backlash from everybody from, like, you know, you, you know how it is with LeBron when whatever he says, it, it just turns into fire. If they don't agree with it and stuff like that. So, you know, even like former President Trump reaching back out and, and, and you know, trying to trash. <laughs> like that. You got, you know, bars in Ohio not playing no more Laker games until LeBron is out the league and stuff now, whatever. So I know Zach is about to bounce. So I just wanted him to have the floor real quick. So, you know, so he can give his opinion. You know, we always um, appreciate Zach, what he brings to the table as far as, you know, his, he, you know, he's a history buff and everything like that, you know? So definitely want to hear what he has to say about the situation. Floor is yours, brother. No, I just thought it was interesting. He even tweeted out about it Mm -hmm. because in my opinion, his track record, his history has been tweeting out and speaking out about police uh, violence as far as the murders of black people that go on in this country or even the Trayvon Martin situation which wasn't a police situation but that was a, a murder at the hand of, of, of Zimmerman but he was silent when Tamir Rice got killed in Cleveland he didn't say anything so I don't know I'm, I'm curious to know why he picked this one because it was the same state obviously Ohio Columbus but she was quiet against Cleveland so maybe Changed the conscience uh, because Tamir Rice's mom came out and kind of just lashed out at everybody, like, stop bringing up my son's name. Y'all not fighting. Y'all not doing this. And I just thought it was interesting that he picked this moment to tweet because, number one, LeBron is very calculating everything he done. So that's number one I thought about. The number two, if you're going to be an activist or somebody that speaks out, speak out. Stand on what you say. Don't delete the tweet. And then the reason why he deleted it, it was like, well, I'm, I'm causing more division than this. But it's like, well, yeah, bro, because you got one side of the country, mostly white folks, who are going to ride with the police and the blue line. And we're going to hear all these things about where she had a knife and she had this and, they, you know, he had to do that and their lives matter. So you're going to get backlash. You knew that when you was going to delete the tweet. So in my humble opinion, don't tweet then. And that's why it's always a tricky thing for athletes. I'm not saying don't use your platform. I'm not saying don't use your voice. 
But I just find it interesting a lot of times in this day and age when certain people choose when they want to speak out. And then we like to throw the term activism or something on them. And I don't think they're really that. We want to say Muhammad Ali, may he rest in peace. We want to say Kurt Flood. We want to say Jackie Robinson. And it's like, I know it's not comparing apples and oranges because the sacrifices were totally different, but we got to be mindful of the real sacrifices that these guys made. And I just think, again, if you're going to put your foot in that, in that, that end of the pool, go all the way in. Don't delete the tweet. We need you out here standing strong, you know, because, again, me being a former police officer, it was a tough situation for that officer. It really was just using perspective. But I always offer this caveat. When it comes to white assailants or so-called white offenders, it seems to be a lot of patience. It seems to be multiple situations where cops have arrested whites who just did mass shootings or walking down the streets with AR-15s, machetes, pistols, like all kinds of weaponry. But for some reason, when they show up to deal with us, well, she got a knife, so I got I to gotta just shoot her. I got to kill her. And again, it's just it's just crazy the double standard in this in this country. So for me, again, I had a couple of things. My takeaway was why we why is he tweeting this one now? Because he's never tweeted unless it was a slam dunk case. Like Eric, 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 um, I get him confused now. The brother in New York that got choked Eric up Gardner. Off, Eric Gardner. That's how crazy this is, right? You can't even keep track with all the situations. There's just so many of them. He, he didn't, he tweeted that because that was obvious. I can't breathe, which actually D Rose wore the shirt first. So shout out to Derrick Rose. Trayvon Martin, that was obvious. So they did the hoodies in Miami, that was obvious. But again, I wouldn't, as, as somebody that knows my history, I'm just gonna always hold them to a different standard when you choose not to speak out. Cause the Tamir Rice thing was just as despicable. That was a 12 year old boy. And what made that even more despicable and I was telling JC this when we was just talking about police stuff. They knew when they showed up to that call that the boy probably had a toy gun. That was what the dispatch told them. So it wasn't like you were showing up and you didn't know what was going on. You seen this boy doing something violent. You knew exactly what was going on. Then it came out later that the officer that did that wasn't even fit for other departments. Right. So he couldn't even have been working. And then I also know for what I know, and I know this for a fact, his family, Tamir Rice's mom and them, they reached out through back channels. Like they were begging him to speak out for some being from, you know, the Ohio area, Akron, Cleveland, and he chose not to. So I don't want to be super critical. Um, but again, I'm always somebody that I don't feel comfortable when our athletes pick and choose when to speak out, in my humble opinion. Either you're going to do it or you don't. You don't owe nobody anything. I'm not saying he does. I'm not one of them people that feel like, that's the black man athlete's duty. No, if, if that's what you're passionate about, do it. If that's not your thing, make your money, do what you do. But again, if you're going to tweet and you're going to stand on something, stand on it because the backlash is going to come. It's, you got a whole networking group of people that feed off of LeBron James and other people who say certain things. That's how they eat. So you already knew the backlash was coming from. So I just wanted to give my takes on that, man, because I wanted to give the full perspective because, again, uh, as somebody that studies history, I just I don't feel comfortable with how the pro athlete always moves today when it comes to these certain issues. That's just my opinion. But you know what it is, though, Zach, with these pro athletes today? It's what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar once said. They choose commerce over common sense. 
Mm-hmm. Simple as that, man. And that's Nobody the fact, because I wrote the, the blog post when the China thing happened last year with Dora Mori. It don't... Yeah. I was just about to go. Our there. listeners, go just Google Hong Kong. It's a quick history lesson. It's not hard to find out what's going on with Hong Kong and China. But he couldn't say what he really wanted to say because China's a main what? Partner to the NBA. China's a main partner to what? Nike. So he had to kind of toe the line a little bit. And that's why I, t- I made the title. In, in this day and age, you can either be an activist or a pro athlete. You can't do both. because capitalism in the world economy everything's went around the world now we can't have people straddling the fence either you all in like we saw with some of the WNBA players that actually gave up their careers we see the wonderful work Maya Moore is doing we see what Renee Montgomery's doing other people then go all in because right now to be honest with you my humble opinion it's too much going on for for play play either you're going to get in it or you're not I'm again I'm here in Chicago more violence going on, and we ain't even got warm yet. It's so much going on. So either you're gonna be all in with some of this stuff when it comes to police brutality, or you're not. Leave it alone. That's just me, though. Yeah, I, I just yeah. want to uh, give one name. I want to say that I mean, there's a whole bunch of names, but um, I don't remember him speaking out on John Crawford. I think John Crawford was also in Ohio, uh, in the in the Target or the Walmart. I think it was. Um, uh, so you know, you you're absolutely right. He's I'm a big LeBron James fan, but you know, facts are facts. You know, he he picks his battles as far as the activism goes. And, you know, does that make you an activist? No, it makes you, you know, grabbing the 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 food that's closest instead of, you know, going out and hunting for for something that, you know, could feed your family. You know what I mean? So it's it's different. You know, it's when you grabbing the easy, the easy fruit, the the low hanging fruit, you know, you can't act like, you know, you're always grabbing for the the fruit at the top of the tree. So you, you got to, it is what it is, bro. Uh, I, and am just I mad to add this I, point I, too, I, I don't know. And just to add this point too, JC, Ohio's open carry. Ohio's been yeah. at the center storm of a lot of police brutality. There's a case that he may not even know about. It doesn't even get national coverage. Like almost seven years ago, you had a black couple who was allegedly uh, smoking marijuana in a parking lot and the police show up. They put over close to 200 rounds into their car and killed this couple. And come to find out there was no weapon, there was nothing. They were shooting at each other, thinking that the so-called stop they were on, wow. like the guy was shooting at them. Wow. Nobody yeah, was charged, but one officer, one officer was charged for this. It was a bench trial, not even a jury trial. And he was found not guilty on all charges. And they put over 200 hundred close to two it was like 190 some rounds in their car so again like i said you have to be you have to be all in with this with some of this now that's just my opinion i'm not begrudging his other work that he's doing i'm just saying if you're going to speak out with this thing we need you to be all in because this is getting out of hand at this point yeah well one of the one of the things about the lebron situation I think that's one of the reasons, like you added to Zach, why he spoke out on this one, because he didn't speak out on the other ones when he was 29. But him being 36 now, you mature, you get older, you know what I'm saying? You put it, you put it out there. You know what I'm saying? It's the it's the fact that, like you said, him deleting a tweet, um, I believe that was more of a behind the scenes telling him to delete the tweet. I don't think that's what he wanted to do. 
it wasn't his calling to do it, but he was getting it was getting so much backlash. One towards the NBA, two, he's in LA now. You know what I'm saying? So you have to carry yourself a different way. So I mean, he wants to be out there um, in the Ohio situations. Things are going on, not just in Ohio, but like you said, I believe one of the main reasons why he did this because he didn't speak on the Tamir Rice situation at 29. Cool. Now being at 36, he was like, yo, I have to speak on this. But the way he went about doing it, the your next is really not speaking on it. You see what I'm saying? It's, that's not that's not the way you go about it. So do we get this tweet from LeBron if he's not injured? You see what I'm saying? If he's playing, do we get this tweet from LeBron? And see, that's my point, Mills. You just hit the nail right on the head. That's my point. Right. Certain subjects, when you when you embrace them, you gotta go. You gotta go all in. It is what right. it is. If not, right. leave it alone. Leave it alone. And I also too, and I'm not saying he's doing this, but it's also we can tell too on the flip side, activism has become very lucrative in this country. If we just keep yes, it. Yes, sir. A lot of people are checking a lot of bags over the murders and tragedy of black people, including some black people as well. So again, I'm always going to look at this from a different lens with a different microscope, because at the end of the day, we need to start talking about this stuff seriously, because the, the, the violence that's going on within our own community, the violence we're getting from police officers across the country, it's just too much going on, bro, to be the weak tweeting then having second thoughts and deleting like we don't have time for that no more if this is not really your lane then leave it to those who really want to be in that lane well you I know what the, it is the deleted also, tweet right? actually made them look worse yeah you know exactly what it is Zach. you know what i'm saying the police brutality bonds that they got out that's why i tell people every time you see ben crump he's not there to get justice he's there to get you money thank you, know you. What I'm thank because you he knows, he knows he knows the bond is there for him to get his 33 and a third percent Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to just look at the optics. He's not the only, mm -hmm. is he the only defensive, like the only attorney in the world? Why is exactly. he always at all of this? Like, come on, it's not, let's just peep what's going on. And also, once you take that bread, you sign a non disclosure. You can't even talk right. about nothing. So they right. can't call you to testify or nothing in the trial. That's why you didn't see it. You, I mean, it's like, I, I'm just real passionate about this, you know, and it's, it's a tough situation. Again, I was a police officer, so I've seen a lot, heard a lot, know a lot. But when it comes to this activism thing, it's not glamorous. And if you're going to speak out on certain topics when, when they're gunning us down on video now, like, come on, man, we don't have time for that, man. I just rather you do the philanthropy, do the school, do the stuff that you're doing and just leave that, leave that alone, please. Like, leave that off to the side and just focus on the other things you got going on that are great for the community and what we need you to be doing. But leave the rest of this stuff alone because you 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 way out of your uh, fish out of water, you way over your skis on this one. And you know, yeah. another thing, not to change the subject, um, the Raiders got backlash for the I Can Breathe uh, tweet on 420. Yeah. And the reason, the, the reason people took it the wrong way is because they didn't watch the post interview that Felonius uh, Floyd did, which is George Floyd's brother, said that we as a family can breathe now. Now, the way they tweeted it out or put it out could have been done a different way. But, you know, with it being someone that's not of our culture, you know what I'm saying? It's taken the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
me personally, I've I've been around Mark Davis and all of that, and he he's not that type of person. You know what I'm saying? As far as uh, being a racist and all of that stuff that people was trying to put on him, like what the hell's going on here with that, that, and the other. You know what I'm saying? It could have been done different. You know what I'm saying? That now the Floyd family can breathe, but I mean that's still, even though his brother said it, that's still not an accurate point because like 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 people say. George Floyd ain't coming back to his daughter. You're not going to be able to see George tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? So you have to be careful with these type of situations, um, putting it out to the worldwide web <laughs> that's going worldwide. So you have to be very careful in these situations, just not being a part of the trending topic that's going on and make it make sense when you put it out there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I think also um, to um, have to close it out, and um, I hope I don't want to rub, you know, um, anybody the wrong way about this too as well. I just feel like, you know, also when you see that video and how, how it looks, and I think that LeBron, he tweeted it out before he saw the video. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that whatever the cop did was justified because listen, we gotta, we gotta have better, cops gotta have better hand-to-hand -hand combat skills or something. There gotta be a way for, for police to, to um, disarm, you know what I mean, a suspect without just, all right, you know what? I just gotta shoot this person down or something like that. It's a 16 year old girl, you know what I mean? Not saying that 16 year olds aren't dangerous, but that's the resort. But I think that once he, LeBron seen that, that video, I think that he probably just was like, oh, okay, let me, you know, take a step back or whatever. And um, yeah, that's that, I think that's what it was, man. You know what I mean? But it, it's just unfortunate you know, all the way around and stuff like that. So I just want to, you know, um, say thanks to Zach for, you know, sharing his uh, knowledge on, you know what I mean, the whole LeBron James situation and stuff like that. And um, yeah, let's move on. Let's stay, go right back to the Knicks real quick. Um, we got to talk about Julius Randle. We cannot talk about the Knicks. Where you at, K-Dot? Without talking about <laughs> Julius Randle, right? <laughs> yeah, <we're>, <laughs> anyway, um, listen. Like I said, when, when I said that we didn't see this coming from the Knicks, we also didn't see this, you know what I mean, from Julius Randle, right? No. You know? Um, And a lot of people probably thinking that he should have returned to earth by now. But, you know, you give an NBA player momentum, he going to roll with it. You know, he's having a monster season. Like the production he's putting out, 23 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. You know, he's that's only five people that won the NBA MVP award in the NBA history won, um, put those type of numbers up. You know, his game has improved across the board. You know, from mid-range, he's shooting 40%. I mean, 45%. From three, he's shooting 41%. From the foul line, he's shooting 80%. You know, all career highs. And unlocking that jump shot, you know, it, it really opened up his playmaking skills as well. Because, you know, we know Julius Randle to be, you know, six foot nine face-up power forward. You know, he can pass over the defense to his shooters. You know, and um, he's also improved his passing, you know, in traffic. He's tempting the league and points create and points created by assists. If you look at the um, advanced numbers and stuff, you know, like his play at this point of the season has him the heavy favorite to win the most improved play award. Also, I have him on all, all NBA second team right now. And low key, his name has been thrown um, in the MVP talks this past sure few weeks. So sure we'll start off with you, um, JC. You know what I mean? Give Julius Randle his flowers. I, I got to. I got to. Now, I'm, I, I, I can't say that 
I was a big Julius Randle, uh, Julius Randle fan, you know, before, but I definitely always liked his game because I, I like the bully game. Um, but I definitely did not see this coming at all. Didn't see it coming. Um, but he he has he is legit in the MVP conversation, if you want to be honest. Now, is he can he win it? No. But if you want to throw names up, especially with Embiid hurt, like he's he's there. He's there. Cause if you take Julius Randle off of that that Nick team, how good do you think that Nick team will be? Even with Tibbs at coach. That to me, that's the definition of uh of MVP. You know, uh whether they're winning or not, if you take that guy off, if the drop off is that dramatic, I think then he's that, you know, the biggest drop off is the one that is the most valuable player to their team. But that's enough story. Anyways, Julius Randle is doing his thing. I always I always liked him. I'm not gonna say I was his biggest fan, but I always liked him. Um so even when um, he he left the Lakers, if I'm not mistaken, I I I was actually upset about that, and I'm not even like a fan. So um, he's doing his thing. He's doing something that you know, I guess you could say deep down, maybe maybe I saw that in him. I damn sure didn't see this. I, I can't say that, but maybe subconsciously I, I I did. But I was a fan of his, not the biggest fan, but I'm glad he's doing his thing. Like I said before, I just don't want him to burn out. I don't want him to burn out. Yeah, yeah that's 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 a great point right there. You know, um, he's he's just been just been killing, man. You know, um, the Knicks are on an eight-game winning streak. Randall's been averaging 30 a night on this eight-game winning streak. He's connecting on 42% of his three-pointers. He's shooting seven threes a game, you know, shooting 85% from the line during the streak as well. He scored, um, you know, 40 versus the Hawks. I think he had 40, 11 and six, dropped 44 in Dallas. Like every passing game, man, he's just, he's just solidifying his case. Yeah, so you gotta understand, you gotta understand this y'all. The Knicks were predicted to be 13th or 14th in the East preseason. In a 72 game season, the over under them, the over and under for the Knicks was to win 22 games. They're supposed to go 22 and 50 this season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, this, so, this is the situation, DA. Uh, yeah, go ahead. When he played for New Orleans, that's when we got mm -hmm. the first glimpse of what we're seeing of three or six. You know what I'm saying? That's when we first saw it. And the 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 difference between, like you said, he is the most valuable player on the team. Because if you look at the stats for his two years with New York, he shoots mm -hmm. the same field goal percentage, but that three point percentage went from twenty seven, yeah, in last year to forty one this year, and it's only two more attempts a game. That's big, exactly. And that's only two more. So he was working on the off season on that three point shot to get him where he's at right now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, and what I always say, and Da, you know, we used to have these conversations, JC, you too. What? Julius is doing right now is what we was expecting from Mike B. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. like the way Julius is playing right now, this is what we thought Mike Beasley was going to be. Yeah, you know I what I'm thought saying? Mike Beasley was going to be totally different from this. Like, 
I'm talking about the yeah. stratosphere. The Mike Beasley that we that we know that we True. see. <laughs> bro, I was, I'm, a big Be- I'm a big Beasley advocate, bro. I was I like, it was going to be different. Yeah, bro. Yeah. And, and I don't know what, I don't know what his, I'm like, I mean, I don't want to change the subject off of Julius. No, I know what it is, Mills. I know wow. exactly what you're about to say, Mills. I know exactly, yeah. I know exactly what you're going to say, and I'll just answer it for you. Mike Beasley That's never right. got opportunity to to make yeah. a mistake without looking over his shoulder and being pulled Shoulders. from the game. That's the issue. Every time yeah. he was on whatever team he started out with, Miami, you know they they don't even trust rookies. Every yeah. time, every chance they like, he makes a mistake. You know, because they they trying to win, they trying to win championships or whatever, or compete to get to the playoffs. You know, Pat Riley's there and stuff. That man mm-hmm. was never allowed to make any mistakes. You know, you know how hard yeah. that is to, as a on player? and yeah. off the court. You know, yeah. And I mean, and, and to get back to Julius, man, like we said, yeah. we didn't we didn't see this coming from the Knicks. We saw glimpses of it uh, pretty much two years ago, three seasons ago in uh, 2018, 19, um, mm-hmm. when he was with the Pelicans. But like, he just needed his wings to be spread. You know what I always say when you're a run and done player. It's going to take you at least like three years to get adapted to, which would be your senior year in college coming in your rookie year, which was his last year with the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? When he averaged 16.1 and then he's getting on, you know what I'm saying? Let his wings be able to fly now. So we're, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Julius and the way he's playing and the passion that he's playing with. Like yeah. you said, JC, I just hope Thibodeau don't, don't no no run him into the ground like he did D Rose, bro. That's all I'm hoping. You know what's Rose crazy? and the whole that whole team, bro. That yeah. whole team. You know what's crazy? Yeah. The 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 Lakers didn't even have to give up Randall like that. Nope. They could have signed him and yep. still got LeBron that same summer. Yep. You know what I'm they probably yep. still would have had to trade him to get AD though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But maybe, but maybe you trade that. Maybe you make that trade with Lonzo, um, Hart, and um. Probably cool and, and, and Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. No, no, because cools didn't make that much money. That's what it was. Gotcha. You know gotcha. what I'm saying? And then maybe you still keep Brandon Ingram, and then you got AD LeBron and Ingram on the same team. Maybe yeah. it could have worked, something could have worked out like that. Or, but now, <laughs> or if you could do if he played, if he ended up developing like he developed, let's say the ve- the, the the curve is the same. Maybe mm-hmm. you don't need AD. Nah, 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 bro. Sorry. Well, well I mean, this, this, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, you're right about that, but this is the situation on what JC said. His last year with the Lakers, he averaged 16, okay. 16, 8. You know what I'm saying? 16 and 8 his last year with the Lakers. Yeah. And then he went to the, the Pelicans and averaged 21 and 9. 21 and you 9. You know what I'm saying? So it, 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 and then, you know, with LeBron, like you said, you need AD, but you know what I'm saying? When, when the Lakers was going down, I think that was that season when, um, or it was the season after that when LeBron uh no, it was that season when LeBron went down Christmas Day with the hamstring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, 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 right there. Yeah, it could yeah. probably probably could have helped him afloat and stuff. But right. it was exactly. crazy because remember this though, Mills. The Lakers mm-hmm. had cools in more high regard than Julius Randle. Yeah, that's crazy. Yes, so. yes. But, but then again, but also, but also being fair, Cools came out flaming though. You know what I'm saying? He let's, did, let's, he let's, did. Let's, but yeah. I, I still don't. I still don't. Believe, I, I mean, I understand it with 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 Bi with them giving up Ingram, but I still don't see why. They you know had, what I'm saying? Like they had to I know because of the money. The, I think that they wanted to give up. Obviously, you don't want to give up Brandon Ingram, but with right. the money, it was like you know Brandon Ingram was making I think eight or nine million. Kuz was at like gotcha. one and a half two. So that's why gotcha. they, they had to do what they gotcha. had to do. Anyway, oh uh, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's the easy. That's the yeah. easy. It gotcha. works. The Lakers won a championship and, and and everything like that. You know what I'm saying? But 
you know, um, I think with with um AD and like you know keeping Randall, nah, nah, nah. You don't win a championship with with a LeBron and um Julius Randall, you know, front court. You gotta have an AD. AD just does. Nah, stuff. I mean, you know, hindsight so much. I'm just saying, yeah. like, if he yeah. if his if his production went up like this, and he's getting what does he do? What is he at? He's at 24 and 10. 23, 11, his, six. So if he if he if it, if, it, if, it, if, it, if it did that on the Lakers, then. But the defensive aspect too but, now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like but, the defensive end, you know what I mean? But you true, true, too. true. Look at it this way too. Uh, yeah, it's 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 LeBron, it's Randall, it's Bi still there. You know what I'm saying with Coos, and you bring in with the team they had last year. You still bring in the Howard, the McGee, the Rando, the Rondo. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. It, they still would have been able to. They would have been a still very good team. Hmm, that's interesting. That's interesting right there. But Dan, like, you know, sometimes yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. Right? I'm going to come clean. Sorry, Laker fans. I know. I love y'all. But I'm going to come clean. Sometimes I wish that AD would have stayed in New Orleans and they knew they had that Zion and AD. Come on, man. Come on. Yeah. I know we're getting Zion over AD, Zion and AD is a championship little cocktail, bro. For real. That's crazy, yo. But I, but you know but you know what's crazy? I, <laughs> I still think it'll take them probably like three years before they really mesh together. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, with, with Zion coming in his rookie year doing what he did, injury, not injury, the way he's playing this year would have got him catapulted. And then probably the next year or the year after that, they pretty much make it runs all day. Yeah, no, that's fair. Because Zion does everything that AD doesn't want to do. Everything. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> That'd be perfect, together. man. They would have meshed well together. All right, let's 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 move on real quick. I know my my comrade Wayne Cole has been humbly being quiet in the background, but this is actually you know for him right here. You know what I'm saying? We gotta we gotta talk about um Westbrook. You know what I mean? Of his visits, man. You know we we give players their flowers here on the NBA show, brought to you by Two Sixty Five Media. And um Westbrook, you know he just recently you know reached a milestone. First player in NBA history to have 25 triple doubles in four different seasons, consecutive seasons as at, at that. And he's also the only player to have multiple triple doubles versus every NBA team, man. And um, like what Westbrook doing is special. Yeah, I wish his, his shooting still leaves a lot to be desired, but he also leads the NBA in clutch field goals. I think I think that he's shooting like his effective field goal percentage is like 66%. So he's getting to the rim. And I said this before. On other podcasts that I said, this is the Westbrook that you want. You want the Westbrook that's going to attack the rim, put the pressure on the defense, and put the onus on the referees to to call those fouls, as opposed to Westbrook trying to prove he can shoot like Dame Lillard and Steph. You know what I'm saying? I, and I'm not a fan of how everybody just don't care about the triple doubles and they call it stat pattern or whatever. And I just tell people, hey, listen, go turn that's your false, PlayStation. Bro. That's a false narrative. Go turn on your PlayStation 5 and try it then, okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't do it. You know what I mean? But exactly. Westbrook is, look, what is it? Three, no, four out of the last five seasons, he's averaging a triple-double. You know bro, what I'm saying? that's like, sick. Come on. That's sick, bro. So I think that, you know, it's time that, hey, listen, we got to give Westbrook his flowers, man. You know what I mean? I wish that he was just on better teams. That's the issue. Like, yes. Like, he yes. needs to be on better better teams. Or, or the Wizards can make some moves and bring some players in. How about that one? You know what I'm saying, Wayne? You know, I like that. And I like that. I like what your Wizards is doing, though. And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, Thomas, you know, Thomas Bryant being going for the season and stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, damn. But listen, the Wizards are in 10th place, though, brother. 
they they right there playoff into yeah. it they're in that they're in that game you know what i'm saying so like you know the floor is yours you know here to give you i see you got your your wizard shirt on because you got what you got for us wayne always <laughs> man i'm always wearing wizards gear look we're six in a row we up 94 86 over the uh thunder his former team yeah to make this seven straight at the beginning of the season we were hit hard by covid and westbrook was playing on basically one leg i mean me and daniel talked about this we said look he brings a dog to the Wizards, kind of like mm-hmm. we just talked about Julius Randle, that bully ball. Like, we needed an identity. And, you know, Wall is my guy. I, I'm just – we were missing that – that mm. and with him putting the onus on the defense, it opens up the floor for uh, a, a bill to, you know, get more open looks. It opens up uh, for Gafford uh, as well. It was a, a key trade for us to get him. Uh, the Wizards have to be taken respectable now. We're, we're in that 10th spot, and you you can't count Westbrook and Bill out for one game. Now it'd be two because we're number 10, but I'm loving what I'm saying. We have one of the easiest schedules to close out the year. Uh, you don't want to play the Wizards. Now, I'm not saying we, we, we are in the upper echelon, but the way we play ball keeps us afloat. We, we rise to the occasions against, look, the Jazz, beating the Jazz. Uh, twice swept them, uh, beating the the Nets two out of one times right now. We rise to the occasion, so we're a scrappy team. We won't lay down. Any team with Westbrook, it's like the guy from 300. You know, whatever the odds are, you can count him to go hard. So mm-hmm. I love what I'm seeing, and and winning is good. So look to make it seven tonight. <laughs> Yo, did you just give him a nickname, Russ? You give him a nickname, Lee United, son? Yeah. Hey, Lee United Westbrook, son? I, you, you know it, man. He, <laughs> look, Daniel said that the shooting sometimes is – it can be up in the air, but when he's playing with that, you yeah. better get out my way, dunk. Yeah, when he's I, I, yeah. yeah, when he's ferocious, is um he was really he's really good. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't he's great. I don't, he's I don't, great. I, yeah, exactly. Like he's putting up Hall of Fame numbers. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's he's in the hall, he's a Hall of Famer in my book. I don't care, he don't have to win. Listen, if absolutely Trace, if Trace, oh, yeah, Trace, sure. if T Mac could get in for just playing four good years of basketball, then Westbrook getting in. What what Westbrook Westbrook did in his little Four out of five years averaging a triple double. Four out of five years, then he's a lock for the Hall of Fame. If Tracy also to your yeah, point, Daniel, we can see the game from a fan side, a media yeah, side, yeah, a yeah, coaching yeah. side, a player side. So you'll have some fans that are like, "Oh, this is stat padding. Um, the triple double is under." It's like, look, bro, in the NBA, it's hard to get a bucket. Yeah, let alone yeah. ten points. Let alone to get two rebounds. So what he's doing is not stat padding. It's greatness. So. Uh, exactly. Yeah, he, he, so he look. He's got to record with the Wizards. Yeah, here on the NBA show, brought to you by Two Sixty Five Media, we are stopping that narrative of stat padding. Yeah. If it's that serious, here's here's the the perspective for everybody watching, and we're gonna cut this out. If he is stat padding, that makes him better than what we even saying he is. If this man decides, hey, tonight I'm getting a triple double, and does it. Yeah, that that's, is ridiculous. That's huge. So if like he said, is stat padding, if you want to use that narrative, you just actually made him better than he actually is. Yeah, well, that's you know the thing. Is. With with talking to young kids, you know, they like this guy sucks. This guy, uh, ho ho ho. These guys are the top percent, four hundred fifty players in the world. You can suck at this level. There is different varying degrees of talent. Yeah, but nobody cannot diminish how historic mm-hmm. a triple double is. We have some of the greats that only have like two or three all the time. Yes. So yes. it's like, come on now. Let's but be, let's, you know, you know, you know where the narrative comes from. It comes the narrative from, comes oh, yeah, from yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, the narratives come from the old heads, is what I call them, because it's not true centers in the league. You got smaller guys playing the four. It's not shot protection at the rim. None of that going on. Your big man is out of the three-point line, so it's easier for guards and all that to get rebounds and stuff now. So that's when they're talking about it's pretty much stat pack. That's where it comes into play on that. But like y'all always said, and what y'all been saying during this whole time, if it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. So when 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 take for when Nipsey passed away, he didn't tell us what he was gonna go out there and get twenty twenty. You saw what he did, right? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And it, and it, and it was like even if you talk about say like a Charles Barkley for instance, when he's like, "Yo, I played garbage. I only had fourteen points, and he went out and got forty five and twenty mm-hmm. in the in the ninety three finals." You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm if saying? If you it's, haven't been a double double, you a beast, a triple double, double. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, if it's if it was that easy, we would see a lot more. You know what and I'm saying? Fellas, so, yeah. I, I'll say this: we not where we are if it's not for Westbrook right now. And you see, what my widgets get on, I'm, I'm I can put the <laughs> fan hat on, the media hat on, but you got to respect greatness. I think with Westbrook and LeBron, they sustain an excellence. Sometimes it. So that greatness is like, oh, he can do that. So we can't diminish greatness. We got to appreciate it. Because exactly. you can be so good exactly. sometimes they overlook you. It's like, oh, we expect that. No. Right. Respect greatness for what it is. A triple-double at that mm. historic pace. Uh, he has the all-time lead for the Wizards. Like, come on. that You yeah. can't just roll out of bed hey. and get that. Like, he's a dog. Hey, so, um, hey, hey, Wayne. Hey, Wayne. You got to look at it this way, too. It's not the 10, 10, and 10 triple-double. Yes. You know what I'm yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Triple double, triple double. We're talking about like 30 points. We're talking about 15 assists, 10 rebound type situation. You know that what I'm saying? His buckets. Team, it be, and it can be 15, 15. You know what I'm saying? But look right. though, Those getting your buckets, double. setting mm-hmm. your teammates, and having enough energy to bang down there sometimes. Even Roy mm-hmm. Hachimori said he challenged him to play the one through five. He's bringing a dog out of Roy. And it's on record. Mm-hmm. Another thing, let's get this on record too. This narrative of Westbrook. Our passion for people that look like us is mistaken as anger. No, he loves the game. So anytime you're able to bring another level out of a player, come on, that's greatness. That's that's Hall of Fame right there. That's a fact. Hey, DA, I got to get on it, man. You know, I got flowers for my boy. So I just want to add in, man, you know, Russ, he don't get, get the proper respect. And I'm not here to, you know, down other players, but I see a lot of people talking Chris Paul for MVP, and they can have that. But um, Westbrook's leadership, you know, doesn't get the proper due. And his uh, his resume doesn't get the proper due. I mean, how many players have led the league in scoring twice, led the league in assists twice, currently leading it in assists? That'll be three times if it holds up. You know, with the MVP, nine all-NBA appearances, you know, and still out there giving it everything he's got, whether he can barely walk or whether he's healthy. I mean, look, look at the Wizards, man, you know. The, the personnel, for the most part, is the same, you know, minus TV being down with injury. But those dudes, every last one of them now, they're ready to run through a wall, you know, to try to win, to try to get a rebound, to get a loose ball. And it looks like a totally different franchise, even though, you know, the win-loss numbers aren't that great. You know, Wayne and I, we've been saying it since we linked up on Clubhouse, you know. That is a team that can contend as far as making the playoffs. And now mm-hmm. they're staring at the play-in. And if they, you know, continue to pace their own with Russ 
um, on this historic tear with the triple-double numbers, Bill heating up, you know, getting healthy again. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, they, they end up maybe not even looking at a plan, you know what I mean? But it's just, you know, I, I don't know, man. Like, he's got to be – if he's not number one, I'd like to know who number one is as the, the most disrespected, uh, you know, all-time great that we've seen. You know, first ballot, don't even have to take a vote at this point. Facts. Quick, I just want to say, like, you got to give Westbrook this. So I'm looking at there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven his seasons that he played almost 82 games. Three of them he played two less. So two seasons he played um, 80 games and the other seasons played 81. So he's he is he's putting in these games. He's putting in that work. Shoot. So I remember when he, he got hurt with that. Um, I want to say with the Patrick Beverly thing or whatever it was, they said he hadn't missed a game since high school. Yeah. Yeah. Until yeah. that. Yeah. And, and here you go, JC. As of right now, at the end of the third quarter, Russell Westbrook, 30 points, 10 assists, nine rebounds, three from three for three, shooting 11 for 16. If he playing like that, man, the win, like I just said, you don't want to see us first round because it ain't going to be no and you know, and, so, and you know, Wayne, come on, man. Um, a, key, a key big man because when he was out there on the floor, the Wizards were, you know what I'm saying, pretty, pretty, pretty scrappy, scrappy. You know what I'm saying? When uh, Thomas Bryant was out there on the floor. Man, you know I miss him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, and and that's, a, that's one of the key guys that's missing right now for the Wizards, so. Yeah, I mean they're gonna be back, man. Y'all got y'all got some moves y'all go make in this offseason, bro. <laughs> hey Mills. I, I agree, man. TB was huge for him. Honestly, though, like Scott Brooks is the biggest roadblock for the Wizards, man. There's no reason that Daniel Gafford don't start at this point. It's it's shown that his rim protection and the way he plays with Russ and those other guys, he has been a game changer. But we still watching Alex Lynn and uh Robin Lopez fumble passes. <laughs> that's funny that's funny and, and Russ competes on the defensive end so you know again I'm looking at the numbers now I think I counted eight seasons or nine seasons he's getting two steals a game so yeah. dude is you know steals, can, steals depending on the context can be a little overrated but the dude competes mm -hmm. on both ends you can't well, teach passion a high motor yeah this is the situation man you know like Kobe gave him his flowers his rookie his, his UCLA days and his two year, first two years in the league. He's like, when I used to go to UCLA and play, it was the kid Russell Westbrook didn't care who I was. He was coming at me. You know what I'm saying? And that's and that's one of the high praises that Russ always gets. You know what I'm saying? He's going to play hard no matter who's in front of him. He don't care who it is. He's yeah. not going to back down. So that's, that's, that's great. That's greatness. There, there's another, uh, like, advanced stat that, you know, again, you know, some – uh, the analytics can be uh, up and down, but there's a stat that they started keeping, I think like five or six years ago, uh, per, points per attempt, per attempt. And Russell Westbrook, he's not at, but he's almost at one point per attempt. So every shot he gets, there's going to be, he's going to make up for the, for with the points. And that's not counting assists. That's, that is huge, bro. If every attempt you make that, and, and you look at the points up, then you don't have to take, you know, 35 shots to get 28 points. If he shoots 20 times, he's getting you 20 points. That's big, man. Yeah. That's crazy. And just like, I man, know, he got yeah, a triple -double you double now, bro. I was about to say, 
he got he got seven more to go and he'll tie up so eight more and I'm I'm pretty sure you know he's getting eight more this season and yeah. he'll be the all-time leader. Crazy. Definitely. All right, yo, before we um before we got out of here, we gotta talk about one more thing real fast. I just want to make it quick. Um we gotta talk about you know Kobe Bryant, man. Um his estate, they didn't renew their contract with Nike, so you know, that's kind of crazy. You know, we, we when we see Kobe, we, we, we see Nike. You know, we think about Kobe as well. You know, I think he had about uh, – he had a lot of signature shoes. I want to say about 13 or whatever. You know, so, you know, we know that, you know, Kobe's not here no more and everything. So his wife, you know, actually um, canceled – didn't re-up with it because they had a lot of frustrations with how mm-hmm. it was being released. Everything was always released in, in limited, limited quantities and stuff like that. So, like, you know, like, what's what, what y'all think – you know, is next, you know what I mean, for, for the Kobe Bryant, you know, sneaker, man, I, I really hope that they can kind of, they can try to fix this. I don't want to see, you know, they try to release Kobe's shoe on another brand and stuff. You know, it's Kobe is Nike. You know what I'm saying? We know that Kobe started with Adidas first, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, it's Nike, man. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we all, you know, everybody had a pair of Kobe Nike shoes. You know what I'm saying? My favorite, my favorites was the Kobe sixes. The black, the, the dark night editions. They was uh, it was like all black with the red yeah, on the yeah, side yeah. and the blue Nike check. Those were my favorite ones and everything. So, like, well, what y'all think is, is going to happen? Um, with this, let's just make it quick so we can, you know, get get on up out of here. So, what y'all think is next for the um, Kobe Bryant shoe? Hey, dear, I'll go real quick, man. Uh, with certain players, especially now, sadly, with Kobe no longer with us, Nike can't lose. I mean, I know the the big thing in the sneaker culture right now is exclusivity. You know, the the more limited the quality, the more valuable the shoe. But I'm telling you, man, no matter how many pairs of Kobe's they drop, it's going to sell no matter yes. what because that's just how beloved Kobe was. It's a hot shoe on and off the court, you know. And right now, man, it's, it's impossible to get, you know, at retail. Um, you know, I know on the various sneaker sites, man, I would have to drop at least 500 for the most recent pair of the Grinches. It came out, and that's not even you know uh, the original version of that shoe, which is going that's for well right. over a thousand. Right. right. You know, so um, I don't really understand it. You know, not just with Kobe's, but with all the shoes right now, like but especially Kobe's. Nike doesn't eat off resale, you know, um, markups. So it behooves them to just um, you know put out as many pairs as possible and eat that way. You know, you keep uh, the Bryant family and the state happy. You know, you keep the fans happy. Because people, you shouldn't have to fight with an app or with the bots online, you know, to honor their favorite player by getting a shoe or have to, you know, put a, a mortgage or car payment up to get a damn shoe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to sell, tell you, Will, Nike actually does eat off of the resales for some of them. What happens is, I've been reading up on this um, real quick. Uh, these resellers, especially the online resellers, they're licensed nike sellers nice licensed nike they, they they're licensed with all of these these companies so let's say for example you know you're you're a reseller you know at will dot wills, willskicks.com you buy all of those from nike and nike you resell them for five six hundred dollars nike's double dip gets money that again on top of that so they're licensing these these resellers which is why they're willing to put out a limited amount for us because they sell all of those to the resellers and then get that money on the back end also. So it's, nah, a, that's it's, a, crazy. it's a crazy thing. Cause if you look at, you know, I don't want to say that the website's names, but if you look at certain websites, they're licensed dealers. If they're licensed, that means they have commission from the company to sell that sneaker. Hmm. 
So if you have permission from the company, that means that company's making money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the reason why, you know, you can see a, a shoe release at 10 o'clock, you, you can hit your, your buy at 10.01 and it's sold out. That's because all of these resellers, they selling them to their boys so they can make more money again on it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's crazy now as far as this Kobe thing. Like you said, look, put the put the sneakers out. Now what's gonna happen is we know the, the good old supply and demand. The more the more uh you put out of the shoe, the less the reseller is. Cause you can't sell it for so much because they can just go to the store and get it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But if Nike, even like you said, on the greedy end, for the selfish part of it, they'll still make hella money just by putting those Kobe's out. Just the Kobe's are just not going to be the resellers. Just put them out in the store. Let them resell everything else. Nike still be fine. Just want to hey, put do that. Do y'all think that the reason Nike didn't put them out there like that is that at the time of Kobe's passing of last year, they didn't want to capitalize on the fact that it was someone's death? And that was one of the reasons within this past year with COVID and everything, they didn't want to put it out there like that. It's possible. It's possible. That sounds like a, a, a business calculated move. Yeah, because I mean, you know, like you said, JC, I mean, all about the reselling and all that and, and, and his name legacy in itself. You know what I'm saying? You can capitalize on it. You know what I'm saying? But capitalizing on someone passing is the wrong way to capitalize on it. Yeah. And I think yeah. it was something that Nike looked at. You know what I'm saying? I feel honestly that the Brian um the Brian Estate, Kobe Estate and Nike will come back together again. You know what I'm saying? But uh we're gonna it's, it's, it's gonna take some time for them to get it right because like the Kobe situation is still fresh. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. If, if they could just release them and then you know, you don't necessarily have to be in contract with the estate. Just release them, let her get her money, let the estate get the money, and then go on about the business, however you work it out. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a long-term contract. Like, look, we're going to release the Kobe's now. Here's a contract. We're going to do this, this, and this, and X amount of dollars on the X amount of pennies on the dollar is going to come to you, blah, blah, blah. This, yeah. And then just, you know, let it be that way. Because then they can still capitalize on situation. It's really Vanessa Bryan wanting more shoes to be released for... For, yeah, for his supporters and stuff. I don't think it's a money. I don't think it's a money is, um, issue. Oh yeah, no. I, I was just saying, you know, when you, if you were to do it that way by by release, you know, not necessarily a long term contract. I don't think it's about the money. I'm just saying, you know, all right, we're gonna Mrs. Bryant, we're gonna release these sneakers now, and this is what we're gonna do. So it's not necessarily just, you know, we want to sign you sign the estate to another ten years. Nah, we're gonna put the sneakers out, Mrs. Bryant. Here's what Probably it is. Had a lifetime deal with Nike. I'm sorry, man. Well, well, you know, I, I think, I think that should be. That should know, it, it didn't happen. But you know, it didn't happen with you know, this is the situation too. It might be a way to end it and start a new contract. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's probably that the the Kobe wouldn't make as much with the current contract that's in place, so you terminate it and renegotiate for a new contract. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It that, might be that, one of those types of situations that, too. That could be, yeah. That could be. All right. Well, I guess I guess that's everything. Then I guess we touch we touch everything we need to touch on. Long. This is gonna be a long podcast, but like you know, uh, hey, hey, you know, how to do it, dude. We, break it up. 
we break it up into two forms, baby. That's how we do it. We, we missed it. Was, it's been a minute, though. It's been a minute. We keeping this. We keeping this the way. We keeping this the way it is, man. This is as well. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we want to get up out of here, man. Thank you for listening to the NBA show brought to you by 265 Media. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to help support this podcast, please share it with your friends. Post about it on your social medias. Subscribe, rate, and leave a review. This podcast is wherever you consume your podcast content, whether that's Apple, Spotify, or Google. Catch all the latest podcasts from us at 265 Media. You can follow us on Instagram at 265media underscore LLC or on Twitter, 265media LLC. And also follow the NBA show on Instagram and Twitter at the NBA show pod. With that being said, we got Wayne, JC, V. Christopher Lane, Mills Lane, <laughs> Will Lyons, and K. Dot and Zach. I'm Daniel Arcet. This is the NBA show. Love is love. Until next time. Peace.